3: Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: On the Bechdel Cast, the questions asked: If movies have women in them, are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's
1: effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel Cast.
2: Hello and welcome to the Bechtel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is
0: Jamie Loftus. And this is our podcast about your favorite movies analyzed from an intersectional feminist lens. Ever heard of it?
2: I've heard of it. You've heard and of also, it. have you heard of the Bechtel test? Because that's what we use as a jumping off point yeah. to initiate a larger discussion.
0: A lot of drama surrounding the old Bechtel the- test recently
2: yeah and uh i was just like you know what just let other
0: people enter the discourse well Alison Bechtel uh ha- handle handled it yes yes and um it, we've been saying for six years it's just a jumping off point for discussion mm-hmm.
2: yeah if anyone pays attention to the podcast you know that we actually
0: barely talk about the Bechtel test <laughs> and sometimes so... we forget about it um <laughs> But not today, <laughs> I don't think. Um, no, we, we have a very, uh, very oft requested movie today. I think we've gotten mm-hmm. requests for this movie beginning when it came out in 2018. Is that correct? Mm hmm. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the If Beale Street Could Talk episode of the Bechtel cast. Indeed. But wait, should we say what the Bechtel test is just for the sake of being thorough? We forgot to do that. Yeah, I'll say yeah. it so
2: fast. Hey, it is a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel, sometimes called the Bechtel wallace test, in which mm-hmm. our version is that two people of a marginalized gender have to have names. They have to speak to each other and the conversation has to be about something Other than a man, ideally for a narratively meaningful conversation.
0: The end. Happens in this movie. Tell you what happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a very frequently requested movie. And like all frequently requested movies, we waited multiple years for basically no reason uh, (laughs) to, to cover it. Um, Uh But we have an incredible guest today, a returning
2: guest. She's a film student, culture writer. She's had work published in Harper's Bazaar, among other publications. You remember her from our episode on Widows. It's Michael Michelle Pratt. Hello. Welcome Welcome
4: back. back. Very glad to be
0: back. Yay. What a treat.
2: Tell us about your relationship, your history with If Beale Street Could Talk.
4: Yeah, so I saw it um, in theaters. I saw it like when I was with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. I think like opening night probably with like a, a like a nice sized crowd, and um, and I like really loved it. And so I've I've seen it probably twice after that. And since my like, third time watching. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. lovely.
0: Jamie, what about you? Pretty short story. I've seen the movie before. I saw it shortly after it came out. I don't think I saw it in theaters, um but I did see it out of theaters. It's so beautiful. It's so well done. I love Barry Jenkins. And I had not I was hoping um cards on the table. I was hoping that I would have time to read the book before we recorded today. I mm-hmm. did not. Um, this is not a James Baldwin book that I have read, but my understanding is that the movie is a very close adaptation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie when I saw it. It was lovely to revisit, especially I feel like because since this movie came out, I guess, four years ago, so many of the actors in this movie have blown up like exponentially mm. and so you're like oh my god wait that's Teana Paris like just I don't know it was fun to go back and be like wow everyone in this movie is the most famous person in the world now um, <laughs> so that was a treat as well yeah yeah absolutely what's your history with this movie Caitlin
2: very similar to yours Jamie I didn't see it in theaters but I remember the buzz Around it, buzz. the buzz, especially around the awards season. So we're always on Bechtel Cow's buzz watch. We're like, what's buzzing? <laughs>
0: How can, we, how can we participate in the buzz?
2: I love participating in the buzz. We love if buzz. If there's a movie I haven't seen that's being buzzed about, I feel so left out.
0: I'm kind of full of shit. I think you actually genuinely are on, you got your finger on the pulse and you engage with the buzz. So I'm Thank usually you. a little behind the curve. That's okay. Look. We forgive you. <laughs> Thanks.
2: But uh, yeah, so I saw it um, not too long after it came out and I thought it was a very moving film and i'm excited to talk about it today it's always funny when
0: we give our uh, relationships with movies that came out not too long ago it's always quick <laughs> it's just like yeah. just uh, like yep yeah. i saw it <laughs> yep <laughs> i was uh-huh. an adult i saw it should i recap the story let's let's recap the story and michael and michelle jump in whenever i'll hmm. be here to to add this <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I'll place a trigger warning at the top here for such things as rape, physical abuse, and racism. Mm-hmm. The movie opens on text on the screen. It's a quote from James Baldwin that says,
0: Never heard of him. Mm.
2: <laughs> quote Beale Street is a street in New Orleans where my father, where Louis Armstrong, and the Jazz were born. Every black person in America was born on Beale Street born in the black neighborhood of some American city, whether in Jackson, Mississippi, or in Harlem, New York. Beale Street is our legacy. This novel deals with the impossibility and the possibility, the absolute necessity, to give expression to this legacy. Beale Street is a loud street. It is left to the reader to discern a meaning in the beating of the drums." Unquote. Then we meet Tish, played by Kiki Lane, and Alonzo, a.k.a. Fani played by stefan james they are a young couple in love in 1970s new york city ever heard of it
0: i can i just say really quick and i know Mm. that i don't mean to get controversial at the beginning of the episode i would say (laughs) that new york is kind of a character in this movie you could say that what do we think
4: i think that's pretty accurate i feel like that yeah that's a a good you know
0: Mm-hmm. i know it's never been said before but i just felt like
4: you know you, you <laughs> this get, is wow sometimes you gotta break new ground do you know you gotta <laughs> say controversial you know things you gotta what a novel idea you gotta shake yeah. it up
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> okay so we cut to tish visiting fanny in prison she tells him that she's pregnant and i feel like this movie demands more respect than to Say that she's pregnant. I think we need to.
0: She's actually not. I wrote that down as well. I was like, this may be the first movie we've covered where she's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. She's
2: simply pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we agree. Kind of rare, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um. So she tells them that she is pregnant, and she says not to worry. She and their families will work to get Fawnie out of prison before she gives birth. Tish then tells her family that she is pregnant which includes her mom, Sharon, played by Regina King.
0: Icon. Legend.
2: Icon. Legend. Won an
0: Oscar for this part. Mm -hmm. As she should have. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
2: Also her dad, Joseph, played by Coleman Domingo.
0: also not icon.
2: icon, Another legend.
4: We love him. Who we talked about most recently in the Zola episode. Mm -hmm. I also just wanted to add a quick, this, this performance I think is amazing, and I I, I I love Barry's depiction of a father figures and I, I I think of him I think of Herschel in moonlight I just think it's such a he's so warm and wonderful here I just I think it's so lovely to see
2: absolutely absolutely I can't wait to talk more about that because it's just so nice to see
0: that whole scene too where her family is immediately so supportive and mm-hmm. so kind and I feel like we're not as viewers, we're not like conditioned to see that talk go mm-hmm. well with a family in film at all. Mm-hmm. And to see Tish be so confident that like, she wants this baby, that's not a question mm-hmm. at all. And her family's immediately supportive. It's like, whew, it's very beautiful Mm
4: -hmm. because i i also hadn't read the book and so i was bracing my i was bracing myself because i've been conditioned to watch scenes like this and be like oh they're not they're not gonna be accepting and then and then they're and they were so reassuring of her choice of it's your choice and we're and we're just here to back you and i was just like oh that's that's new and really wonderful
0: right this shouldn't be surprising but it is yeah (laughs) right like you at least expect i'm thinking of like other movies where uh young person is is pregnant or pregnant, Mm -hmm. and it's if not met with hostility met with like passive aggression or Mm -hmm. like some sort of judgment and that is not tish's family at all tish's family is the greatest okay yeah truly also there is
2: tish's sister ernestine played by tayana paris uh, and love her. like we said they are supportive and excited but they're still apprehensive but only because the situation is obviously not ideal with Fawnie being in prison right now mm-hmm. they invite Fawnie's family over his mom Alice dad Frank and two sisters Sheila and Adrian I think are mm-hmm. their names most of whom don't seem to like Tish very much. Fonny's mom, in particular, because she's super religious and doesn't think that Tish is good enough for her son.
4: V- vastly different reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: They all discuss Fonny being in prison and how they need to find a good lawyer to get him out of there. We also get some flashbacks about Tish and Fonny's past. They had grown up together as best friends. Then they eventually realized their attraction for each other and they got together romantically. We also learn that Fonny wants to be an artisanal woodworker and we see some of his wood sculptures. It's so
0: beautiful too. Mm -hmm. It's this is a tiny thing but it does always make me laugh when there's an artist in a movie or a book or anywhere and then you see their art and you're like what is
2: that (laughs) (laughs) oh you mean like uh Channing Tatum's Terrible furniture in mag- Magical Michael.
0: <laughs> that was what I was thinking. I was like, it's like when Channing Tatum was making the ugliest thing I've ever seen, and everyone's like, "We've, we, he, you're a genius! Wow. Oh my God, <laughs> gorgeous! Give <him> Unbelievable!" <laughs> or anytime anyone does stand up in a movie, and they're like,
4: "Genius, visionary," and you're like. This is so bad. I was yeah. like, you've you've never done stand up, clearly. You've never met, never met a comic. Did you? Do you write jokes? I, I don't think you do. Who
2: writes <laughs> the jokes that are in a nightmare. movies that like a stand
0: up comic performs? Because I'm always just like, I've done. Huh? I've been hired to write punch up for movie stand ups before, mm. and it's still challenging because it's hard yeah. to write stand up for someone that isn't you. I just it's like it's just hard to make translate. Anyways, hmm. in the case of Fani, I feel like, and, and Barry Jenkins is so like known for having like this amazing eye for detail that I wasn't surprised, but it was genuinely just like his work is so beautiful and mm-hmm. it's filmed so beautifully. And oh, okay, yeah. I'm done yep. making fun of Channing Tatum's <laughs> table yet again.
2: <laughs> I think anytime it is appropriate to bring it up, we should bring up how ugly it is.
0: It's so ugly. It- <laughs> Blows my mind uh, <laughs> to the point where I'm like, "Is this commentary?" And if so, on what?
2: <laughs> on what? Anyways,
0: feel straight Yeah. Um,
2: then we cut back to Tish breaking the news to Fonny's family that she's pregnant. Fonny's mother does not take it well. She starts spewing hateful, uber religious rhetoric about Tish and her baby. Things escalate to shouting and violence when Fonny's dad hits his wife, and then Fawnie's family storms out. Mm -hmm. We flash back to Tish and Fonny sharing a romantic evening together. They have sex, which is Tish's first
4: time having sex. A beautiful sex scene, by the way. Just be, be, Very be, tasteful, be, be, beautifully shot, and uh, and one thing I love too that it's completely shot from her perspective, and and she's not objectified, and you're really experiencing it through her eyes. And I just thought it was beautiful. And one mm-hmm. thing I I remember reading or watching an interview, and Barry talking about that he he also he, he that he had approved it by female colleagues of his, and, and asked female directors their points of view. And I was just like, oh, wow. wow. And I was like, wow. Look at you, like you know, really take, taking taking your female uh, protagonist heart and really, you know, thinking about <sighs> the perspectives. I was just
0: like, wow. I yeah. really, yeah, that, that scene was so beautifully done. And I it felt it felt like it wasn't, I, I think you're, you're totally right, Michael Michelle, that it's like the fact that we see it from her perspective makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, I loved it. And
2: there there's nudity, but it's not like exploitative. Exactly. It's just very tasteful.
0: Mm. Right, which has been a huge conversation on online I was like what is how does that word end line online (laughs) listeners I have COVID Uh, (laughs) but that's been a conversation that I've I've seen happening quite a bit recently is like the nudity in movies and how there are some film writers who are like don't be a prude like if it makes (laughs) sense in the narrative like why not and we've had that discussion in I think from different angles over the years but on a case-to-case basis I mean here it's like Perfect, I don't know. I yeah. feel like you just, you just know when it's working and when it's exploitative based on how the cinematographer and the director are communicating. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Then we learn about Mrs. Victoria Rogers, who has alleged that she was raped by Fawny, which is why he's currently in jail. But the circumstances of this incident, such as where Fonny was that night, make him being the assailant of this crime impossible Mm -hmm. but there is this cop who insists he saw fanny run from the scene of the crime so then tish and her mom speak with the lawyer they've hired hayward he tells them that unfortunately fanny's alibi isn't going to hold up very well in court because it involves a friend of fanny's who has a criminal record not only that, Victoria Rogers has disappeared, possibly back to Puerto Rico, which means Tish has to put up money to pay for special investigators to find Victoria Rogers, something that she and her family can't really afford to do. Mm-hmm. So both Tish and Fawnie feel pretty hopeless. We then flash back to Fawny running into his friend Daniel Cardi, played by Brian Tyree Henry
4: oh amazing uh,
2: performance another like he oh is, the performances in this movie is just
0: it's hard to like regina king and brian tyree henry are just i mean everyone in this movie is unbelievable but them in particular oh my god i love <laughs> brian tyree henry so much he's mm. so
4: good what's also so great is that the the performance is under like 15 minutes it, it, it he's really in there for such such a limited amount of time but the the thing yeah. he's able to do with that time is phenomenal
0: A testament to his talent, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's the scene season. I mean, they're just, especially the scene at the table where they're all, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just fucking unbelievable. I will watch anything with Brian Tyree Henry in it. I know that because I watched the new Child's Play. Oh, Oh, wow. He's looking for Chucky in that one.
2: Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, uh, You said Child's Play, and I thought Firestarter, the new Firestarter movie starring Zac Efron. Oh, I don't know what that is.
0: (laughs)
4: I was thinking about Chucky. I was like, "Hey, was that Efron?" And I was
2: like, "That's interesting." Wow. Okay, so I need to watch two horror movie reboots. Um, <laughs> so Firestarter only got like thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I was going to oh, see it because really? Zac Efron is in it, but uh, as we
0: all should, it was not
2: reviewed very well.
0: <laughs> Look, I'll say I unironically really enjoyed brian tyree henry's child's play it's not he didn't direct it he's just in it he's looking for chucky it's very exciting and that's all i have to say about that and he's (laughs) he's just like i think one of our one of our generation's greatest character actors he's the fucking best Mm -hmm. absolutely
2: so um runs into daniel they talk about how they struggle to find landlords who will rent to them because this country hates black people Daniel talks about having been in prison. He was arrested for stealing a car, something he did not do. Mm -hmm. Uh, He talks about how horrible it was in prison. He's crying as he's describing this. Again, just such a beautiful performance. Mm -hmm. We cut back to the story's present. Victoria Rogers has been found. She is in Puerto Rico and Tish or someone in her family is going to need to go there and talk to Victoria. The date of Fonny's trial is getting closer. Tish's pregnancy is showing. Then we get some more flashbacks of Tish and Fonny finally finding a place to rent that a real estate agent played by Dave Franco
4: shows them. I was like, is that Dave Franco? Hey. Hey. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> Just like, like, okay, I guess. It's like, interesting.
0: Yeah, that, that scene is also so lovely. That mm-hmm. um, I mean, the chemistry between... Fani and, and Tish is just so beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful yep
4: one thing that I also really love too is is that even though the, the subject matter is, is so heavy Barry's able to find this really nice balance between alternating between timelines where you're able to also feel feel the levity of them falling in love so it doesn't feel it, it's still soul crushing but it's not so heavy and so it's balanced out really nicely as you're watching the two corresponding timelines together Totally, and that
2: kind of switching between different tones is also, like, handled really well, and it never feels jarring. It's just, like like you said, a a good balance, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Tish and Fonny, they're about to start a life together, but that night, Fonny has a run-in with the cop who will eventually claim he saw Fonny fleeing from the scene of the rape of Victoria Rogers. Later that night is the night that Tish and Fonny's baby is conceived. And then uh, Tish's mom, Alice, arrives in Puerto Rico to talk to Victoria, but it doesn't go well. Victoria is very traumatized, and then she disappears again, so the trial has to be postponed.
0: Oh, that scene, I mean, we'll talk about it- that scene, but everyone's performance, that, particularly mm-hmm. Regina King, but just, ugh, ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. that i'm very excited to talk about i mean not excited it's an incredibly painful scene but adaptation wise i'm very mm-hmm. interested to discuss that mm-hmm. when when we get there because i think that barry jenkins just like made so many incredible thoughtful mm-hmm. choices in that scene yeah so the trial has to be postponed Fawnie
2: is desperate to be out of prison soon but things again don't seem very hopeful Meanwhile, Tish gives birth to a healthy baby, and then we cut to years later, and the movie ends with Tish and their son, Fonnie Jr., who I think is like four years old by this point. Mm -hmm. They are visiting Fonnie Sr., who is still in prison. He has taken a plea, Mm -hmm. but is still serving time, so that is how the movie ends, Let's take a quick break and we will come back to discuss.
0: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts.
0: yeah is there anywhere in particular we would like to start michael michelle is there anything sticking out to you
4: um one thing that i was thinking about for some reason i don't know why but was the the slap between um Fanny's mom and his whole i find, I find that whole sequence so interesting because we one don't see them after that and then also just the friction between his parents is so interesting and also because he's clearly not religious but his mother is and i, I just i think it's so interesting and I, I I also remember seeing it in theater and the visceral reaction from everyone around me was so interesting, and so i just I find yeah that yeah. Very interesting
0: I was curious to that was um of the two like in the criticism of this movie because i I know that that definitely happens in
4: the book mm-hmm.
0: and was kept in the movie, and I saw some writers that felt that it was good that it was kept, and others that were like we didn't need it mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, I, I'm curious what what you both think.
4: On one hand, I was like I see why, I guess to stay faithful and also because of the time period, but then I was also like this was also deeply uncomfortable just to watch and I was just like hiding behind my hands watching it and I was I mean, I thought everything leading up to it, I feel I feel like I've met women like that that are very very religious and um and, and so that felt realistic, but just the slap I was like I was like this could have been character, maybe.
2: Yeah.
4: Especially because we see
2: Fonny's dad again hanging out with Tish's dad and no one seems to be challenging that he's abusive to his spouse, I don't know.
0: I don't think it's like portrayed in the movie as if he is right to do it. And Mm -mm. it feels like it's the way it's framed in the movie, which based on what, and again, I have not read the book, so I can't speak to this personally, but based on criticism I was reading, In the book, it's kind of presented more Mm matter-of-factly because just generally in the 70s, domestic abuse was treated more Mm matter-of-factly, particularly by male writers. But in the movie, it it feels like it's almost used as this character who we've only seen be horrible to Tish, who we love. Mm -hmm. And then something horrible happens to her and it introduces a shade of gray to her character but then it's like it never comes back it's never addressed and the perpetrator of that violence you're like appears again and it's as if nothing happened and if that's in that case yeah it just didn't i don't know if there if that was aiming at commentary it didn't super
4: hit for me and it just felt Mm -hmm. like we saw
0: domestic violence
4: one thing I was also thinking about was I was thinking about James Baldwin. I I know that he, and a lot of his writing. Like I remember there was this one essay that I read. I think it's like the fire next time. I think it's called. And he's talking about kind of like, I mean I know that he was like an assistant pastor one time. He was super religious, and then he kind of made a way and kind of felt like that religion kind of was holding like people back, and that and that it and that um there was kind of like a hindrance, and and that he kind of felt like like and like getting away from religion was kind of freeing for him. And so I was wondering, if for him as a writer, um, having Fonny's mom be the brunt of that and then never seen again was his own commentary on religion kind of matter-of-factly.
0: Yeah, that's
2: yeah, that's possible. I feel like the movie presents two reactions to Fonny's mom's behavior, and mm. it feels to me like the reaction of her being struck violently and abused is like, that's not how we do it but Tisha's reaction when she says just like that was the most terrible thing anyone has ever said to me and then she gets called a (laughs) dried up yellow cunt which did make me giggle a little bit (laughs) shit
0: you're just like Oh my word, (laughs)
4: language.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sorry everyone that uh, you heard me say that, but um, (laughs) I was, I mean, I was, (laughs) I I, I know you were (laughs) quoting the movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm wondering if the movie is saying, Tish's response is the way to handle this pious, toxic behavior from Fonny's mom.
4: I don't know. I yeah. I just feel like it could have been maybe taken out, and, and we could have just had like a a verbal kind of altercation
0: yeah, for sure. I I agree that you could have gotten the same effect, and I do think that it's also like I'm I'm not like ragging on James Baldwin here. It's like I I feel like the effect is far more startling when you <laughs> see it yeah. on screen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in a movie where other where Barry Jenkins chose to adjust a couple of moments and scenes for 2018 audiences I was a little confused why that I mean I would be interested in here I couldn't find a quote about it on his reasoning behind that choice but I mean in general it's like yeah someone could have said something just as awful back to her and something cutting and cruel that could have really hurt her and produced the same effect yeah mm-hmm. I wanted to talk
2: about broadly how this movie and its representation of Black characters and a Black family, we see things that we don't normally get to see on Mm -hmm. screen because so often what we're seeing is harmful stereotypes and tropes Mm -hmm. usually perpetuated by white filmmakers. For example, we see a Black nuclear family, particularly Tisha's family, Mm -hmm. who are warm, loving, unconditionally supportive of each other we see a black mother and black father being tender and supportive of their daughter too often we see like you know a broken home where the parents are abusive to each other and or to their children mm-hmm. maybe there's no father in the picture at all
0: and there's never any acknowledgement of why fathers and children are separated so like the, exactly. the carceral state is not addressed it's made to mm-hmm. seem like mm-hmm. a choice as right. opposed to mm-hmm. something that is like cooked directly into white supremacy.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Um, so we see, again, just like this warm, supportive love in this family. We also see this warm, gentle, romantic love between two young black people in Tish and Fani. We see men opening up to each other and talking about their feelings yeah. and their trauma in that scene between
0: Fani and Daniel. More of that. Oh. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you and you see many complicated and loving relationships between black women as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get even though again, it's like Tiana Paris is not in this movie very much, but anytime you see her and tish together it is supportive it is kind you know that tish's mother would do anything for her because you see it Mm -hmm. and everyone i mean yeah even though because this is not like a particularly long movie i feel like the like economy of everything that barry jenkins is doing is so like efficient and cool And, and the actors are doing this incredible job because even when you don't see two characters together very frequently you still understand what they're Bond is for the most part, and mm-hmm.
4: I think one thing that's really great is he is he really hones in on the on the theme of community and 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 I think because he's a black filmmaker and being a, immersed in black community and understanding that that that's how we're able to get by and that it's so pivotal to the core of of, of being able to survive. White supremacy is is having community and and when you're you're maybe not a black filmmaker you you would understand that and so I, and I think that's very that that comes through very clearly. Uh, They're at the phone. For sure. There's a number of
2: kind of voiceover monologues from Tish to that effect,
0: which I think most of them are pulled pretty closely from the book. This is, I just didn't know this. This is also James Baldwin's only novel that's narrated by a female character.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because um, a lot of this movie is pretty direct commentary on the legal system, cops, incarceration, the inherent racism within those institutions. And she's talking about how like, the odds are just so stacked against them. And the fact that this is a movie about Fani getting arrested and incarcerated for a crime he did not commit because a racist cop who works within a racist institution, and who had specifically targeted and established a vendetta against Fani Mm -hmm. puts him in the police lineup for, again, a crime he could not have committed. Mm -hmm. And there's all this commentary on how, you know, it's up to the accused to prove and pay for proving the irregularity and improbability of this sequence of events. And such a big hurdle for the families is like, Trying to find good legal representation Mm -hmm. and finding a lawyer who will care enough about their case and how that's a huge struggle.
0: And even when they do find a lawyer who cares about their case, it's still like a small journey for that character to realize exactly how stacked the odds are against Mm Fani, which I thought was just like another that character is barely on screen and it's not like we need him on screen very long, but it's like, you do get that moment of him and it's like, Oh my God, dude, you're a lawyer. You should know this. Um, <laughs> but like, that's, uh, you know, very based in reality of like a, a white lawyer probably wasn't thinking about that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like then and often now. So, and and then also like, I don't know just how much this story naturally references issues that you don't really see spoken about in movies or or really much of anywhere i also thought it was like really moving and and efficient and cool how they addressed racism within real estate too Mm -hmm. and how that's like explicitly addressed in the text and also still like moves the story forward and that scene was lovely this movie just it's
2: accomplishing so much and providing so much poignant commentary on racism but also like having these moments of levity like you said michael michelle and having so much of the movie be about black love Mm -hmm. and black community and i want to share a, a quote from barry jenkins uh from an interview The cast and crew of this film did at the Toronto International Film Festival, where this movie premiered, and Barry said that the film is, quote, a very pure story about black love, black life, black family, black community that's rooted in reality. To be black and conscious is to know that at any moment, your joy can be taken away from you. And I think this movie rides on that wavelength where you're going to experience great joyous highs and at the turn of a dime, the very, very real lows of being black in America.
4: I was even thinking about when they're when when they're looking for the apartment with Dave Franco and 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 Fonny's having him help like carry, carry the pretend fr- fridge and 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 and, and they're mm-hmm. kind of and, and even as they're like talking about the hardships of real estate, but there's still that sweet moment of them like looking for the apartment and all that. Then I was also thinking about like I don't know if you all have seen Selby's Love with Tessa Thompson and um, Nandiyosomwa at all or heard of it. They're not really similar at all, but it. Um, what I like about the movie, it's kind of talking about like yes, like yes, there are issues being black and it's hard in America, but but there but there's still like everyday life happens inside of that struggle and and like and, and we're still leading, doing normal things, which allows it
2: to avoid the like tragedy porn exactly
4: kind of right thing yeah
2: absolutely
0: and I liked it I mean we've we've touched on this a little bit when we were talking about Fani's family but you you get. Like, not just this movie that centers black love and black community. You, like, everyone is coming from a different place. Like, through Fonny's mom and through his family, you they have, like, a totally different perspective on life that seems, like, maybe not as healthy for their kids. But it's, like, you, there is a variety in, the, in people that you're seeing. And, again, it's just, like, amazing how many characters are in this movie while you still know exactly who they are. And, like, they're, I mean it's just it's very special i Mm -hmm. really like it and i was also um uh, not to i mean i i feel like we talk we talk about this sometimes where (laughs) we like hand it to a man for like writing a female character (laughs) that like (laughs) isn't horrible so not to do that however i do think that it is Worth mentioning uh, that this is, you know, a female protagonist adapted from a male writer by a male writer, and it works because she's being treated thoughtfully and Mm -hmm. like she's a protagonist. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have a quote from Barry Jenkins here from an NPR Ever Heard of It interview (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, where he was asked to just sort of talk about Tish a little bit. And the way that the the headline is framed is on why a character like Tish, a woman both soft and tough may seem unusual um, and Barry Jenkins says, "I think the part of why the character may seem unusual, you know, I can't say this is the first character who's exhibited those qualities." that might be the first character who looks like Kiki Lane and who walks on screen with her natural hair. But I think what I see in that is authors like James Baldwin have been writing these characters for decades, you know, but authors like James Baldwin haven't been adapted into feature films as often as their peers. The characters exist and it's incumbent upon people like me to bring them to the screen. So mm-hmm. again, love it. Great. Yeah. And it's like there, there is, there are so many great female characters in this story. Mm-hmm. Which should we get to the assault talk? Yeah. Yes, might as well. All right. Well, <laughs> this isn't gonna feel good, gang. Mm-hmm. But here we are. We'll take a break afterward and and recover. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just wanted to open up that discussion starting with a little more from Barry Jenkins because this is it sounds like an adaptation not even like change but just focal adjustment Mm -hmm. that sounds like it was really thoughtful and effective again I have not read the book based on what I have read around this movie originally Victoria is presented not as a villain, but as more of an antagonist than she's presented as in the movie. Okay, interesting. Because her, I mean, she picks uh, Fonny out of a lineup and then it's difficult to get in contact with her. And so I think that in the book, it is framed a little more like it is more her fault Mm. that this trial is delayed so much. Um, in addition mm-hmm. to obviously the fucking cop who set him up, but it, right. my understanding is it's presented a little less sympathetically towards mm. Victoria, mm-hmm. which Barry Jenkins, I think, really, really thoughtfully shows incredible empathy for this character mm-hmm. while not really changing that much about the text. It's all about like the performance between Emily Rios. And Mm -hmm. Regina King Mm -hmm. so I wanted to share a quote with him about his thought process on portraying that so same NPR interview so Mm -hmm. sorry Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) it's a good source we love a credible source (laughs) look our tax dollars I think maybe I actually don't know (laughs) Um, okay (laughs) he says uh, when asked how he chose to depict the character of Victoria he says quote I think the moment that mr baldwin published the novel is a very different moment than the moment the film is arriving in i think that in the early 1970s the semantics the complications of what mr baldwin was depicting were maybe more rounded and i think they're much sharper now in the 2018 context Fani's not falsely accused of anything. He's chosen out of a police lineup. He's placed in a police lineup by an officer who very clearly has a very racist bent. And so for me, when you unpack it that way, it was clear that Victoria Rogers was not the antagonist. I think all these things are set up. All these characters are set up in a way that you do empathize with all of them. And so for me, it wasn't a challenge at all to understand that she had just as much a right to speak as Regina King And she had just as much a right to her humanity as Fonny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I think because the characters, particularly Tish, her mom, her sister, who have a couple different conversations about this, they all believe that Victoria Rogers was raped. It's not Mm -hmm. as though they don't believe that. It's just that based on the facts, it could not have been Mm Fonny. But because of this racist cop and the vendetta he has against Fonny, and she's, you know, just severely traumatized by what happened to her, she makes this false accusation, which for the sake of the story we are following is incredibly frustrating. And it means that an innocent man is incarcerated Mm -hmm. for years But the movie acknowledges that this traumatized woman is being manipulated by a racist cop. Ernestine says, you know, I believe she was raped, but she has no idea who did it. Fonny was presented to her as the rapist. And it was easier for her to say yes than to relive the whole thing. Um, So I think that characterization and that context, it it presents it in such a way that... um, You know, it's not as though like, oh, this woman is just making up, Mm -hmm. being assaulted, because thanks to rape culture, that's what a lot of people assume women do frequently. Right. So that is completely avoided, which I really, really
0: appreciated. And you get kind of yet another angle on the ways in which American cops fail people, where Mm -hmm. it's not only is Mm -hmm. he intentionally failing Fonny and setting him up for his life to be destroyed because he's racist. He's also setting Victoria up for her life to be destroyed by being so deeply ineffective and so heartless towards victims of assault. Like he doesn't give a shit Mm -hmm. what happened to her. He's using her to carry out his vendetta against
4: Fonny. Yeah. yeah, it it one 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 thing that I do I really appreciate it it it, it that it's it, it's very clear stated that, that 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 they're both equally victims and that he and that he's just taking these two victims and and putting them against each other just 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 to hurt one but, and then and then resulting in hurting and ruining both of them and and, it, and it's very clear that the system does not care about women or black men and it, and I, I I like that that's very clear
0: absolutely mm-hmm. and and I like. Yeah, Regina King's performance in that scene, i feel like, the writing is amazing, but it just, like, I feel like you can see through her performance what a hopeless, frustrating situation it is. Because you know that this character does believe Victoria and is just trying to have a conversation that Victoria is too traumatized to have and, like it's not the fault of anyone there. Like it it would be easier to be angry with Victoria, but she's not because she believes her. And it's just, ugh. it is like absolutely heartbreaking mm. to watch. And also just very like reflective of real life dynamics yeah. to this day.
2: To this day. Yeah.
0: So I thought that that, I mean, yeah. And just like the way that that scene is framed and, right. um, mm-hmm played, I feel like shows an appropriate empathy for Victoria, while also clearly we are rooting for Fani. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will come back for more discussion.
0: Bean Dad, The Dress. Listen to 16th minute of fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption.
5: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And we're back. Where shall we go? I would not mind talking (laughs) about... (laughs) I want to talk about how, in addition to all the other commentary that this movie is effectively making, labor and class is another thing that I think the movie addresses responsibly, in that there's a lot of mention of Tisha's family. You know, everyone's working class. You know, Tisha's dad works at the docks. Um, she ends up getting a job in a department store at a perfume counter. I don't know if we know if... Do we know if Regina King's character works or what her job is? I can't remember, but... Um,
4: yeah, I don't remember either. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Everyone in the family has a you know, working class job and there's often discussion of how they're struggling to pay for like the special investigators they need to hire they you know can barely afford this trip to puerto rico
0: to talk to victoria rogers um tish works throughout her pregnancy and i think mm-hmm, we haven't yeah. talked about it yet but that though i mean i would imagine this is mostly james baldwin but the way it's translated to film is so beautiful and it's like ah everything is a perfect metaphor the way that tish's job at a perfume counter and how people of different races feel entitled to her body in different ways and Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. yeah but but just speaking to your point Kayla, i mean she has to work throughout her pregnancy
4: Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah. and And just that that statement of class and that and that lack of privilege to have to do labor to be able to to afford, you know, the case in this baby and that she has to keep pushing through. Mm
2: hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So I thought all of that was handled well. And yeah, like you said, Jamie, the commentary on black bodies and the level of like respect and boundaries people have or do Mm -hmm. not have. Mm And how you know black bodies have historically been so exploited and objectified by white people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a really effective like metaphor to introduce into the movie by way of um, Tish's job. Mm-hmm. And then we have Fani, who found something that he wanted to do. This like you know woodworking, this wood sculpturing, and having this creative pursuit and that he's really good at it and the commentary around that because she says that it saved him from the deaths that awaited the children of our age that you know he he found this like passion that he could really connect to and explore his art and I really liked that um but just yeah overall the characters constantly worrying about where they're going to find the money to pay for this defense that they shouldn't even have to be dealing with in the first place because he's been wrongfully accused because of a racist cop fucking with him. Mm. It's frustrating, but, you know, again, the movie handles it very effectively. Yeah,
0: I agree.
2: And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was the romance between Tish and Fani. Yeah. And just that it's so sweet (laughs) and beautiful and pure Mm -hmm. and you know we've we've talked about how black love is something that does not get depicted on screen very often Mm -hmm. and again the way that it's just like this very supportive and pure love between these two characters they were like childhood best friends they both came of age they realized that each other was very sexy and they're like well we should probably do something about this (laughs) wait we turned out so sexy (laughs) we turned out so sexy and we're already best friends so we might as well kiss we already talked about like the sex scenes on screen and how they're shot very tastefully and yeah i just i thought the romance between tish and Fonnie was handled very well and it made me believe in love just a little
4: bit I know mm-hmm. I was like huh <laughs> I was like that romance thing might not suck huh. <laughs> but, and I also I, I love that it. It, you're able to in this movie you're able to have like that this boy next door thing am, amongst this movie it's just so, it's just so magical to me mm-hmm. um, and, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that it just kind of like slowly washes over you and I, and I feel like it washes over the viewer the way that it does them and I just think that's mm-hmm. really wonderful it's lovely. It's
0: really beautiful. It's, uh, and the way it's shot is just like so incredible. And it feels like you're falling in love with them too. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last thing I wanted to just mention really quick, because I'm an adaptation head, Ooh, was yeah. the uh, slight, slight change in the ending of oh. the movie versus the book, which I was not aware of when I first saw the movie, but when I was prepping for this episode. So at the end of the book, Fonny is out on bail with his trial postponed indefinitely. So it's almost like this, it's hopeful in that he's going to be able to spend time with his child and with Mm. Tish, but it's also like purgatory like, because you don't know how long this situation is going to last. Barry Jenkins chose to, end it on a less I guess less ambiguous note I don't know I just I don't really have a strong opinion on it either way I just thought it was interesting that that was one of his creative choices to adjust a little bit
2: yeah it it makes the ending feel more bleak certainly it does yeah and the book's ending but shit is bleak out there
0: so (laughs) I don't have a strong take on it I just wanted to mention that yeah. adaptation change um, mm-hmm. Because I could see feeling a number of ways about it I think that the way that the movie ends I mean, both are grounded in realism They're just kind of different right. different ways to slice it
4: Yeah, I also hadn't read the book So when I watched it, I was like, that makes sense I was like, things are kind of bleak and kind of sad And that makes sense So, I mean, yeah. you know
2: it tracks. It would have been nice to see this black narrative end on a more optimistic note, mm-hmm. since a lot of black stories don't.
0: Yeah, I, thought, I just found it interesting that Barry Jenkins made a choice to make it a little more depressing. I was like Right But I I trust his judgment You know
2: Of course Of course (laughs) um, I'm just like you
4: know One thing I also remember reading Was that Apparently That Fonny's dad Commits suicide in the book But not in the movie And so I was like So I guess it was like A trade off Oh Interesting
0: I did not see that Hmm wow
4: it's like i guess it was like we can keep funny as dad but i guess we got it so i guess it was like a, like a toss-up i guess
3: right.
0: we have to add in a bummer element somewhere else yeah that's i mean <laughs> bummer is a major understatement obviously right. yeah i mean as we've said many times we're not known for our our, our book we, reading we don't you know, read books on <laughs> this here yeah. podcast
2: <laughs> i i do really want to read the book especially because i i haven't read a james baldwin novel uh shout out to james baldwin um a prolific queer black writer i did because i love movie watching so much i did watch the documentary on him i am not your negro
0: but yes i have yet to read one of his books i had a great i'll shout her out i had a great english teacher in high school named mrs mclaren who had us read notes of a native son our freshman Mm. year of high school and she james baldwin pilled us early nice it worked he's the best but i I also want to read this book Mm -hmm. summer's here baby you (laughs) gotta download your audio books and 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 go nut nut Mm -hmm. (laughs) um
2: does anyone else have anything to say about the film
0: that's um, everything I had.
4: Yeah, I feel like um. Oh, I guess my one last phrase of this great movie. You know, gonna kind of bring down the middle a little bit, but to go back mm-hmm. to the, I guess, to the treat or I, it's not really down a to the treatment of Victoria. Also, what I loved because of thinking about the 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 treatment of like of 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 sexual assault with black men and non black women, and how and and how black men have been falsely accused, and how and how that this so could have gone left and um and kind of thinking about that history and and -hmm. and and, and treating it also in in so much in in his court in in his defense that you have to you have to automatically villainize her but but they still didn't and keeping in mind that nuance I just thought that was another great point thinking about that history and that but that you don't have to automatically still villainize her Mm -hmm. that was really great Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: this movie is so beautiful if you want to uh fall in love and cry then watch it today because it is just fucking gorgeous and we also i mean this is the first barry jenkins movie we've covered but we are we we are also aware of the overwhelming number of moonlight requests we will be covering <laughs> moonlight mm-hmm. don't you worry it's barry jenkins here here on the pod Ooh,
2: yeah mm-hmm. um this is very much beside the point but Barry Jenkins. I feel like I know what you're using. Hot. Say. <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah, well, and also in love. Married to Lulu Wang, director of The of Farewell. The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Amazing the couple. I love them. Oh. They're so I cute.
0: It's kind of startling what a good idea it is for them to be married. It's just <laughs> it's, it just it makes, makes sense. So great. I, know.
4: I remember where I was when I learned that. <laughs> I was like, if you guys want to co-direct something, I just feel like we would all be really grateful as a, as a society. Oh Culturally we need this.
0: I just like, why not? Why not? I also I wanted to uh last shout out, Barry Jenkins related, also hot, married. <laughs> and he released a series on i think amazon prime last year called the underground railroad Mm. that was so good and i felt like was really overlooked i don't know a lot of people who have seen it i feel like amazon's horrible at promoting their own shows Mm-hmm. and fuck amazon but that show <laughs> is incredible you should watch it
4: mm. i feel like amazon treats prime as if it's kind of like this throwaway thing that you that, that you get when you buy their stuff and i'm like you have like shows and they're good just promote them like it's not hard the content is good yeah, they're already
3: oftentimes.
0: there i was like you gave <laughs> barry jenkins a blank check you're gonna want to tell people about it yeah you fools (laughs) Uh, the only show that any like i don't know amazon shows the boys the boys i'm tired of hearing about the boys they love to promote the boys look (laughs) i'm not gonna watch the boys you can't make me but i highly (laughs) highly recommend the underground railroad yes um, well really came down hard on the boys
4: and <laughs> yeah. Channing Tatum's furniture today I just saw, a real first of over there I was like are you, you okay <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened we're doing great
0: <laughs> what did the boys ever do to me I don't know <sighs> i mean in general billy zane's in that show i don't know what i'm so upset about is he
2: really he is. that
0: changes things huh. i think for just like an episode i'll watch that episode
2: okay yeah hmm.
0: i don't know what i'm so mad about i need to take a nap i'm sick
2: <laughs> you do you you have covid jamie and yeah we need you to rest. so let's uh let's draw this episode to a conclusion does the movie pass the Bechtel test Oh, for sure. It does. A lot of the conversations between women, such as like Tish and her mom, Tish and her sister, the context is often about Fonny, but there are exchanges that do pass. And also Mm. this is one of those movies where... You know, not handily passing the Bechtel test is fine. Mm-hmm. Not every movie has to do that because it's doing so much else and it's mm-hmm. saying so
0: much right. else. And this movie's doing it anyways. So, right. And <laughs> which I, I right. feel like speaks to, uh, yeah, again, it's like the metric itself is not the live or die thing. It's like this movie has a number of well written, well thought out characters of all genders mm-hmm. who are talking to each other and it's that whole that whole level of discourse it was like oh my, oh my god shut up
4: yeah. i was like i was like we're taking a cartoon trip a little too literally here maybe, maybe we all settle down <laughs> maybe we all go outside maybe we touch some grass You
0: know? Yeah. Uh Michael Michelle, thank you so much (laughs) for returning to the show. It is so lovely to have you back.
4: Thank you for inviting me. I love y'all. Y'all are great. I love the show. I love movies. Thank you. It all it all works.
0: Uh where can we find more of Oh wait we didn't do the the nipple
4: scale. Jamie
0: Jamie, you're so sick. I have COVID (laughs) COVID forty (laughs) five.
2: Um, so yes nipple scale zero to five nipples based on how the movie fares looking at it through an intersectional feminist lens I would give this I would say like a 4.5 and the yeah. only thing I can think to dock it for would be
0: the, the domestic what violence. felt
2: like an unnecessary inclusion of domestic violence that is also not really I don't know why it was there really but other than that it's a nearly perfect movie it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just a really beautiful story and as as Barry Jenkins said this movie rides that wavelength of like joyous highs and at the turn of a dime very real lows of being black in America and I think that this movie handles that maybe more effectively than any other movie I've seen yeah I love the focus on this loving and supportive black family i love the focus on this loving and supportive relationship like romantic relationship between tish and Fani. all the the commentary on the judicial system Mm -hmm. policing real estate and the racism that's present there class commentary this movie is just accomplishing so much so efficiently and so beautifully and I'll give it 4.75 nipples. I'll give one to Tish, one to Tish's mom, Sharon. I will give one to Barry Jenkins. I'll give one to James Baldwin, and I'll give my 3 quarters nipple to Ernestine, Tish's sister.
0: Love it. Uh, I'll meet you there. I, I agree that the one thing that bumped me was keeping domestic violence that felt like it could have been accomplished in a less triggering way. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to keep it, then make sure you're commenting on it. We already talked it through. right? But this movie is just so beautiful. It couldn't make... I mean, Barry Jenkins adapting James Baldwin is like, what more could you ask for in a mm. movie? Like, And I, I feel like his Barry Jenkins... Filmmaking like rises to the same quality of James Baldwin's writing, which is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like that's how, ha- mm-hmm. what?
2: It's not fair how talented people are sometimes, you know, it's
0: sort of fucked up. Some of us have to be on podcasts, you know, and it doesn't feel good. No, I, I, um, the, <laughs> but it's just like, an unbelievable match between writer and director um and Mm -hmm. it works so well every character here is so well acted and and you know uh i mean caitlin to just echo what you're saying the number of issues that this movie addresses thoughtfully and seamlessly is just like kind of incredible in in a period Mm -hmm. piece too it -hmm. is just incredible and and also you just have you have Women at the center of the story, and mm-hmm. also a lot of different kinds of women with different perspectives. And but that is still generally a loving, supportive environment across the board. So mm-hmm. I love this movie. Um, I'm gonna give it 4.75, give one to Tish, give to one to Brian Tyree Henry, mm. I'll give mm-hmm. one to Regina King, give one to to Tiana Paris and then I'll give the 0.75 to Barry Jenkins
4: love it Michael Michelle well, I would also give it a point four seven five, also because like the slap you know we said like we said it didn't need to be there um but yeah I just I love this movie I'll, I'll keep re-watching it because um it just handles things well and it also still makes me feel warm although it's uh, like about it's really hard topic, but it still gives like, you know, like that feeling of warmth, which is like amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: and I just everyone everyone looks great. Uh, shout, out, shout, out, shout out to Stefan James for the looking like hot. for looking <laughs> like God, that. Extremely like, hot. Like, thank you for existing, <laughs> sir. Um, and it just handles so many things really well. Um, mm-hmm. so I would give one to Tish. One dish to Sharon and Regina King for being an icon and possibly the greatest child star of all time. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, I would give one to Barry Jenkins. And then also one to Cohen Niggas' character, whose name I don't remember, but a great father figure. And then .75 to Barry Jenkins.
2: Tish's father, you mean? Yes. Joseph.
4: Yeah, yes. Yeah. someone to Joseph for for, for mm-hmm. following in personal all, all, all these footsteps of very very jenkins' great father figures.
2: Yes, absolutely. Thank you again, Michael Michelle, for coming back and chatting about this movie with us. Where can people follow you, check out your writing, etc.?
4: Yeah, so I am on Twitter at Michael Michelle, no, that's wrong, I'm on Instagram, that's what I was like, I have social media, and I I know what they're called, Um, (laughs) I am Michael Michelle with three E's, so M-I-C-H-A-E-L, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, with three E's at the end, on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I'm Femmes and Films on Twitter, because I care about women in movies, and um, Mm. you can see me um, in Harper's Bazaar and Awards Watch and. Teen Vogue, and I'm doing some really cool cover stories that I can't talk about yet, but they're really fun. Um, I did uh, some cool work with Awards Watch for, for some Emmy nominees recently that'll be out soon. Awesome. Um, I'm still paying a university thousand dollars each year in hopes of, of one day getting a good degree. So I'll, uh, so I'm still doing that. I'm making a short film, and yeah, hell yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, uh, you can find us
0: on on all the regular places, Instagram. Twitter at Bechtelcast, you can sign up for our Patreon, aka Matreon at patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. Five bucks a month will get you two bonus episodes with over a hundred in the backlog. Are you running out of main feed? Well not anymore Time to scoot on over to the matreon <laughs> not anymore okay and sorry i have COVID-19 um okay uh and you can check out our merch uh, over at tpublic.com slash the Bechtel cast indeed you can and um with
2: that should we all take a stroll down Beale Street let's do it together
4: yeah holding hands yeah <laughs> that sounds fun you know sure. as the score swells and there's like a, a yellow tint around us yes mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> oh and the leaves there's it seems like there was always fall foliage yeah happening.
0: it was yeah, very, so Yes. very autumnal
2: vibes mm-hmm. oh so nice love it okay bye-bye
1: bye protect your dream home with american family insurance and you can weather any storm
3: products not available in every state discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy discounts do not apply to life insurance policies visit amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you american family mutual insurance company si and its operating companies american Family life insurance company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin
0: bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too